Good evening, everyone. I feel like I've got this big barrier between me and y'all, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna slide over here. Okay, so um, we started the semester. Do you remember what we started the semester with? What was the first topic? Community and reality, or reality and community. And um, then we went on from reality and community to what? To homes. Okay, maybe we should we should draw that up here so we can. I don't know if there's a. Oh, it doesn't look like there's a. Doesn't look like there's a marker here, huh? Anybody have a dry erase marker? All right, Hudson. Thank you, Hudson. So we'll slide this up here. Oh, not that high. Okay, so we had community and reality, and then Chris shared, the other Chris, or one of the other Chris's shared on the homes. This is where God does his business, right? Holy Spirit's invention, day by day, house to house. And then last week, what did we fellowship on? Prayer. Prayer. So we have prayer going on in the homes. I don't know how to draw prayer. Maybe, maybe, uh, how about hands? And that'll be a mouth. I don't know. I don't know how to draw it. But anyway, we have something for prayer. As you can tell, I'm not a good artist. And then um, next week, we're going to be on the Word. So we could do, let's see here. Uh, wait, how do we do that? How do you draw? Whoops. How do we draw an open book? Is it like this? Kind of like that? Okay. <laughs> I'm a really bad artist. <laughs> Whenever I play Pictionary with my kids, all my drawings look exactly alike. Okay, but tonight the topic is the spirit. What would we draw up there for the spirit? That's not too easy, right? The spirit is very mysterious. So tonight we're getting into a very mysterious topic, but that doesn't mean it's any less real. In fact, it's very real. Okay, so how about we get into these verses? Actually, you know, I'll just mention this to you. I looked up uh, in preparation for the sharing tonight. How many times do you think spirit is mentioned in the New Testament? Take a guess. I don't put it way out there, but what's a reasonable guess? 150 what? Just kidding. 100? 100. 385 times. And almost half of those times are in the epistles of Paul. In the Old Testament, the Spirit is mentioned regarding God only 136 times in all the Old Testament. So the Spirit is a very big emphasis in the New Testament and especially in the epistles of Paul. And it's also mentioned in the book of Acts a number of times. Okay, so let's read together um, this, these first two verses in Acts chapter 2. And steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles, in the breaking of bread and the prayers, 
and day by day continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. So we really want to go all the way back to the beginning, right? So we see a pattern in the early church life, and in this pattern there's several key ingredients. First thing, what did they continue in steadfastly, first of all? In what? The teaching of the apostles. The teaching of the apostles was the teaching concerning the revelation of the mystery of God's eternal purpose. So that is what? That's the Word. That became the New Testament revelation. So there you have the Word. And they continued in the fellowship of the apostles. You know that word fellowship in Greek is kononia. And it means, you know what that word means? It means, we're going to read a little paragraph here shortly, but in principle it means community. So you know what the New Testament word is for community? Fellowship. So this is a very key point. And do you know the intrinsic essence of fellowship based on the New Testament revelation? And we're going to get into this too. What's the intrinsic matter related to fellowship? Anybody have a guess? Yes, Matthew, the spirit. All right. The intrinsic matter with fellowship is the spirit. So with teaching, you have the word. With the fellowship, you have what? The spirit. And then they also continued in what? The prayers, the, the breaking of bread and the prayers, which Meryl shared with us last, last week. And what was the main, co and it was day by day. It wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't week by week, and it definitely wasn't year by year. You know, some Christians, maybe they have a year by year church life. That's their, their experience, right? I remember growing up um, where I was, Christmas Eve, the place would be packed. And then every other Sunday, not many people. So that's, that's a year to year kind of Christian experience. And then others, maybe once a week. But what was it initially? It was day by day. day, by day. And where was the primary place it was? It was from house to house. And this word house to house, it implies from my house to Grant's house to Julian's house, house to house to house. It included all the houses. Your house too. He's in my house every week, so. Or pretty much, when he's not traveling. So all the houses and all the days with the Word, with the Spirit, and with prayer. Okay, and now let's read this next verse. The reference there is wrong. It, does yours say 1-4? Yeah, it should be 1-3. John 1-3. Let's read that one together. That seen and heard... So there's that word fellowship again. And again, this is what? This is our community. It's related to the fellowship. So I want to read you this little note here. I think it's very helpful on this word fellowship. Because this word gets used a lot among Christians, right? The word fellowship. The Greek word means joint participation or common participation. Fellowship is the issue or the result of the eternal life. 
and is actually the flow of the eternal life within all the believers. Maya, do you, is it Mayan or Maya? Maya, do you have the eternal life? Yeah. Okay, so that's the source of this fellowship. I know, Rachel, you have this life, right? Yeah. Okay, so every believer has this life. Everyone who's received and possessed this divine life is brought into what's called the fellowship or the flow. It is, tip of, it is illustrated by the flow of the water of life in the New Jerusalem. All genuine believers are in this fellowship. This is our community. It's this fellowship. It's carried on by the Spirit in our regenerated spirit. So there's two spirits here. Take note of that. There's a big S spirit and there's a little spirit. Hence, in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it's called the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And then in Philippians 2, 1, it's called the fellowship of spirit, referring to our spirit. It is in this fellowship of the eternal life that we, the believers, participate in all that the Father and the Son are and have done for us. That is, we enjoy the love of the Father and the grace of the Son by virtue of what? The fellowship of the Spirit. So that the fellowship is the flow. When life is in God, God is, is the eternal life, right? And when that life flows out of God and reaches man, that's called spirit. When life flows, it's called spirit. And it's, you could also compare it to these, the light bulbs here. You know, there's a, there's a flow. You can't see it because of all these panels, but there's wires connecting all of these lights. And when someone turns on that switch, the electricity starts flowing from one to another, to another, to another, to another, and then what happens? They all light up. That's a good illustration of the fellowship. So when you get regenerated, you get brought into this flow. And when you touch the Lord with others, that's like the lighting of these light bulbs. You know, like tonight when we were singing, um, um, therefore with joy shall you draw waters right? Did y'all enjoy that song tonight? You know what we were doing? We were flipping on the switch. If I just stood here quietly and I just, I don't know if I would have lit up very much, but I started singing and enjoying the Lord with all y'all. And then the lights went on. What was that? That's the circulation. That's the fellowship of the spirit or the divine life in all the believers. And that's our community. That's really what makes us one, right? Okay. So now let's look a, more, a little bit more in detail about this matter of the two spirits. First, we're going to touch God being spirit, and then we're going to touch the matter of our spirit, and then these two spirits being one. Okay, so number one, God being spirit. Let's read John 4, 24 together. God is spirit. So God's essential substance is spirit. That's what he is. He's spirit. And look at this. Do you notice that there's a second spirit in this verse? It's a little s. And that's referring to our spirit. So we have a part in us that corresponds to God. The plants don't have that part. The animals don't have that part. But we have that part. There is a part in us that's a perfect match for God. It's our God receiver. It's our God organ. It's called our spirit. 
You know, um, here's another good illustration. Well, let me ask you a question. Is there, is there music in this room? There is music in this room. Why don't we hear it? You need a receiver. And then you turn on the receiver and then you can, you can connect. Okay. So our spirit is our God receiver. Because God is spirit. You can't, we can't see God with our eyes. Does that mean God's not real? No. I don't hear him with my physical ear. Does that mean he's not real? No. And God's not a thought. God's not an emotion. What is God? God is spirit. And we have a human spirit that's perfectly designed for God the spirit. Okay. So the first point is God is spirit. Need to be clear about that. Second point, the ultimate expression of the triune God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, being the Spirit. Let's read together Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore What is the name of your God? Or our God? What's the name of our God? Based on this verse. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's just one name, right? Into, it doesn't say into the names, because our God is one, but His name is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the last here is the Holy Spirit. That indicates that God has gone through a process, and now you can actually immerse people into Him. In the Old Testament, you couldn't do that. But in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So now that means you can enter into God. Praise the Lord. In the Old Testament, there was a big separation between God and man. But in the New Testament, God has bridged the gap. He's become so close, so near, so available. He's not just dwelling in unapproachable light anymore. He became a man. But you know, if he was just a man, he'd be limited to time and space. You know, the man Jesus is not walking on earth anymore. And even when he was walking on earth, do you know he never left just a tiny area of land? If you were in the Americas, no chance to, to know God, even though he was on earth. If you were in China, no way to know him. But through all these different processes, he is now the spirit. How available is spirit? No limit to space and time. It doesn't matter where you are, when you live, what your condition is. The spirits there are available, just like the air we breathe. Just like anywhere you go on earth. You don't have to buy air. It's just available. It's free. That's the spirit. Okay? And God is consummated. His ultimate expression is the spirit. And then, according in 3, according to 1 Corinthians 15.45b, the last Adam, which refers to Christ, he became a what? Life-giving spirit. He's life-giving. Do you ever need life? Yes. Do you, are you ever anxious? Oh, I remember studying for some exams. Oh, anxiety comes. What do you need when you're anxious? 
You need an infusion of life to swallow up your anxiety. Do you ever get depressed? You know the best antidote to depression? Resurrection life. And did you know that Christ became what? A life-giving spirit. So at any time, in any place, we can enjoy, we can participate in the life-giving spirit. Okay, now look at this, point four. We already alluded to it, but in four it says, our center also being the, the little s spirit. God is the big s spirit, but the very center of our being is also spirit. Okay, so let's read together 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And the God of peace himself, you holy, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. Okay, so you have spirit and soul and body. It's not even just commas, but it has that conjunction, and, and, spirit and soul and body. Is your body the same as your soul? No. Is your soul the same as your spirit? No. They're distinct. They're close in proximity, but they're very different. Again, our sp the spirit in man is his God part, created to receive God and contain God. Okay, so that's our very center. That's the deepest part. You can't get any deeper. You know, you have some deep philosophers. They're shallow compared to the spirit. The deepest part is the spirit. Okay, now five, look what God did to our spirit. Okay, we were born with a spirit, but our spirit had not been made alive. Through the fall and because of sin, um, our spirit was deadened. But look what the promise is here in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. Let's read this together. I will also give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will take away the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. What a promise. New heart, new spirit, and my spirit within you. Especially note the a new spirit, little less spirit, in 27, my spirit, capital S, spirit within you. This is the promise in Ezekiel 36. And then we see it realized in the New Testament. Okay, let's go on to John 3, 6. Let's read that together. That which is of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, so there's a birth there. So you got generated, you know, Tyler maybe. 18 or 19 or 20 or so many years ago, you got generated with the, what is your family name? Circe. Circe? Okay, so you got the Circe genes, right? But then at some point, you got some new genes. You got regenerated. Okay. That's right, you got regenerated. So we now have not just the DNA we inherited from our parents, we have divine DNA. We have God's DNA. Wow, that's incredible. When we grow up, we're going to be just like him. Just like Tyler. I'm sure if I saw your parents, I'd, I'd, I'd see you, right? Either in your dad or your mom, I don't know, or some combination. Like who? I get that a lot. Okay. 
because you got their genes. And all you did, you just ate every day, you slept, you ate, you exercised, and now you grew up, you look just like them. That's the same thing that's going to happen to us in relationship to God. Okay. So firstly, he regenerates our spirit. He, the spirit of God gives birth to our spirit. So you see the two spirits there in John 3, the big S spirit and the little S spirit. And then we have another verse that has the two spirits in it. This is the spirit of God witnessing with our spirit in Romans 8, 16. Let's read that together. The spirit himself that we are children of God. Okay, so this means our spirit speaks, and then the spirit, big S spirit, witnesses with our spirit. So what does our spirit speak? Speaks, I'm a child of God, right? Can you say, I'm a child of God? I'm a child of God. Let's try it one more time. I'm a child of God. Did you have a witness? Yes. If you didn't have a witness, you would not have been able to say that right? We could have asked some people on the street, excuse me, can you please say, I'm a child of God? And they go, nothing to say, right? Because there's no witness. But with us, because we've been born of God, the Spirit witnesses with our spirit that now we're children of God. So Tyler's not just a, a child of the Circes, he's a child of God, right? Okay, wonderful. And then next, okay, here's another verse with the two spirits. Have you ever seen all these verses with these two spirits? It's very interesting. It's not just the spirit of God, but it's also our spirit, and they're both in one verse. Okay, so let's, let's read John, uh, oh sorry, so the spirit witnesses with our, with our spirit, and then John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truthfulness. Okay, and then, uh, let's see, we, we did that one earlier in, in one under God being spirit. Now, let's do this one under nine, the spirit who is the Lord dwelling in our spirit, Romans 8, 11, and 16. And if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. So it's one thing for the spirit to regenerate our spirit, to give life to it. The two could still be separate. But in this verse, it says his spirit, what? Indwells us. So this means the spirit of God now resides, makes his home in our spirit. And finally, really the ultimate verse concerning these two is in 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Let's read that together. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Okay, so which spirit is that? He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. What do y'all think? Is that the Holy Spirit or is that our spirit? So it's, what's that? Our spirit. What do you think, Hudson? Yes to both. It's the spirit with our spirit. So now these two spirits have been so, become so one and so uh, uh, intertwined and mingled. They're just one. You don't distinguish them anymore. It's not the spirit of God outside of us or our human spirit, but the spirit who's regenerated our spirit 
has now come to dwell in our spirit so that these two become actually one spirit. You couldn't be any closer to God. Could you get any closer to God than that? <coughs> Impossible. So we need to take a journey, like Kyle was saying at the beginning. We need to take a deep dive into our spirit. And there all the riches of God are. And the more time we log there, the more fellowship we have. The more, what, community we have. This is our community. So that's why when we come together, we need to learn, okay, first on our own, how to come into, to touch this realm, you could call it, I guess. And when we're together in the homes. Um, because really, this is what brings us together. It's the circulation, just like these light bulbs are all lit up by the flow of the electricity. Same way in the homes, right? When we gather together, we have prayer, we have the Word, but also we have to learn how to use our spirit. Okay, so that, that brings us to the last point, which is the practical application. 1 through 10 are 411. And, you know, we, there are so many verses, like I said, over 350 verses in the New Testament concerning the Spirit. So this is just like the gleanings of some key verses on the Spirit to show the development from God being Spirit to the ultimate expression of God being the Spirit to us having a Spirit, God regenerating our Spirit just item by item, in, uh, witnessing with our Spirit, indwelling our Spirit, two Spirits becoming one Spirit. These are, this is just like the framework of these two Spirits. But then... It's not enough just to know these things. We have to have some exercise, right? Just like you got to exercise your body. Otherwise, it just, you know, it'll fall apart eventually. Well, I mean, whether you exercise or not, it's going to fall apart. But at least you delay the process a little bit if you exercise. And you have to learn how to exercise. You know, my wife, she's a, she's a great coach. So, um, you know, I'll tell her where my aches and pains are, and she tells me what I need to do about it. So, um, you know, like, I've been having a lot of problems with my lower back. It's like, oh, my goodness, this middle age thing or older middle age is just an awful thing going on here. So my lower back, it's like, no matter what I do, I can't, I can't get it to, you know, get the knots out of it. She said, oh, you need, to do, you need to do some squats. And so she shows me how to do the squats, and there I am doing my squats. And sure enough, after I do like 10 of them, my back's not hurting anymore. She's a great coach, I'm telling you. And um, so she's helping me to exercise my body. Um, you know, naturally, I'm not inclined to exercise. I don't know if y'all are inclined to exercise. Most people aren't inclined to exercise. How many of y'all are runners? One, two, th I mean, real runners. I'm talking about you run, you run, you run every day. Who in here runs every day and runs at least four miles a day? Every day, at least four miles a day. Well, almost every day. You can take a break. One or two days. You can take a one or two day break. Yeah, you don't want to run every day, but okay. There weren't that many hands. <laughs> What's the point? We just don't. We're not that. Most of us are not that excited about exercise. But if you want a healthy body, or if you want to save your body from falling apart as you get older, you got to exercise. Okay. We're at an um, institution of exercise right now. Yeah. I mean, some are physically exercising here, but the main exercise that's going on on this campus is the exercise of our mind. 
oh man, sometimes you just have to stretch the, your memory capacity to try to get all those equations in there just in time for the exam <laughs> before you lose them all again. Or all that vocabulary for that, you know, Spanish what, you know, exam you got. What is that? That's an exercise. You're exercising your mind. Okay, how about our spirit? Have you ever thought about that? We need to exercise our spirit. So did I put that? Yeah, the verse here in 1 Timothy 4, 7. Exercise yourself. Here it says godliness. But what is it? We've, we've discovered tonight, if you hadn't earlier, what is our God part? Our spirit. God is spirit. We have a spirit. So our godliness part, I guess you could say, is our spirit. So we have to learn how to exercise not, exercise not just our body, right, that profits a little, or just exercise our mind to learn things so we can get a good job. But we also need to learn how to exercise our spirit. Otherwise, these first 10 points, we might know it all, but it doesn't really profit us. It doesn't cause the lights to go on. Just knowing these points doesn't make the lights go on. That doesn't bring us into the fellowship. That doesn't bring us into community, right? We may gather, we may have community around other things. We may have community around football or community around, I don't know, some kind of interest or pastime or some field of study. We may have community around those things. But that's not the New Testament community. The New Testament community is the fellowship. And the fellowship is the fellowship of the Spirit and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of our spirit. So what? We have to learn how to exercise. Okay, so um, we sang this song. So how about we, uh, let's read this verse, these verses together in Isaiah. This is an Old Testament verse concerning our exercise. Therefore, let's read it together. Therefore you will draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to Jehovah. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. Remind them that his name is exalted. Sing psalms to Jehovah, for he has done something majestic. Let it be made known in all the earth. Cry out and give a ringing shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Okay, so here, salvation is likened to a well. And in this well of salvation, there are springs. So there's water there. And we need to draw water. And that drawing water takes some exercise. I mean, it's not, you know, not going to kill you to draw water. But you've got to get out there and you've got to, you know, you've got you to get the rope going or prime the pump or I don't know what you want to call it. You've gotta, there's some exercise involved, right? It's not like a marathon, but it does require some exercise. Now... I highlighted some things here. One is giving thanks. Two, calling upon his name. Three, making his deeds known. Four, singing psalms. And five is cry out and give a ringing shout. Okay, so what, do you know, what, is, what is common among all these one, two, three, four, five items? What is common? Um, okay, let me ask. Okay, let me ask somebody here. Okay, remind me of your name. I can't remember your name. Your, uh, wait, wait. No, no, no. Just a second. Jacob. No, not Jacob. Um, wait a minute. What's the first letter of your name? H. No, no, not you. Right here. Right in front of me. J. Yes, first letter. 
Is it Jacob? No, wait, Jack. I met Jack again for the second time last week and, and said I wouldn't forget his name, but sorry I forgot it, Jack. But I promise you I will not forget again. Now I remember Jack. So what was my question? Oh, Jack. So what is the... What is common among all these five things? Exactly. Every one of them takes our mouth. So this is a principle that your spirit is connected to your mouth. Okay. So you can't be a silent Christian. You know, sometimes we're in an environment where we can't be loud or whatever. That's okay. But remember, your spirit's connected to your mouth. So... Sometimes if you're really struggling, it's good to go somewhere where no one can hear you, no one's going to bother you, and just open up. Open your mouth. And firstly, look at the first one here. It's give thanks. How about that? You know, I was reminded of a verse this morning uh, that I was into with some others in the Word, and this is Isaiah 53. Listen to this verse, and I think most of you are probably familiar with this verse. Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. Is that something to be thankful for? Lord, thank you. You've borne, B-O-R-N-E. You've carried my sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Did you know the Lord wants to, do you have any sorrows? Anyone here have sorrows? I think we all have sorrows, right? He carried our sorrows. Thank you, Lord, you carried my sorrows. Okay, then verse verse 5. He was wounded because of our transgressions. Oh, thank you, Lord. Who was the transgressor? But who was wounded? Lord, thank you. You were wounded for my transgressions. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Who has the sins? Who should have been crushed? Who got crushed? He got crushed. That's what the word I use here, crushed. Lord, thank you, you got crushed for me. The chastening for our peace was upon him. He got chastened so we could have peace with God. There's a lot to thank the Lord about in that verse. So I just took a little time this morning. Lord, thank you. Thank you. You were wounded for me. And the more I thanked the Lord, you know what happened? The more I got filled up with the water, right? These wells of salvation, you draw water. The more we thank, the more the water flows from our spirit. The spirit flows from within our spirit. Okay, so that's giving thanks. Another very practical one here. Call upon his name. In the Old Testament, it was Jehovah. But in the New Testament, you know, our God became a man. And he's got a name now. As a man, you know what his name is? Jesus. You know, when Stephen was being martyred in Acts chapter 7, is that right? When he was being martyred there, he looked up. And what did he say? Did he say God? He said what? He said Jesus. Is that right, Carrie? What did he say? Do you remember? 
He's, didn't he, didn't, Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He didn't say God received my spirit. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So that's something higher because that implies our God has become a man like you and me. And he's now on the throne. There's a man on the throne. And he's our Lord. So he's Jesus. He's our Lord. And he's very sweet. So we, it's good to add the oh. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. How about we try, sisters? Lord Jesus. Brothers, Lord Jesus. You just practice that. Go find your closet somewhere, or I don't know where you go, and the water, it will start to flow. That's the fellowship. That's the fellowship. Call upon his name, make his deeds known among the peoples. Sometimes just in the smallest way, just to say a little bit to someone, to acknowledge the Lord, it will really fill you up. I've experienced this many, many times. Just a little something. I know sometimes it's so hard. We just lose, you have to lose your faith. Face, not faith, but your face to share something of the Lord with someone. But if you just make one of his deeds known just a little bit to someone, all of a sudden you feel so filled up. Sing psalms. And finally what? Cry out and give a ringing shout. A ringing shout is one that just echoes. It just continues and continues and continues. Hallelujah. Can you brothers say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Sisters, can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. That wasn't a ringing shout though. Do you think we could make a ringing shout in this room? Maybe we should try. Maybe with praise the Lord. Can we pray? I mean, will they kick us out of the building? What do you think? Just five seconds. A ringing shout for five seconds. Praise the Lord. Let's try. Praise the Lord. 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 Not bad. That's a ringing shout. It just, did you hear it echoing? It was just echoing everywhere. I don't see anyone frowning right now. <laughs> you must have enjoyed the Lord. Okay, that's the fellowship. So when we, on our own, we need to learn, and house to house, we, we, need to ha we have to have the element of the exercise of our spirit, right? And then that brings us into the genuine fellowship.